Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is Michelle, and who's here with me? It's JD. It's JD. It's always JD. It's always still, nice, you uh, guys. Uh, 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 still down one toe. Still uh, JD mm. nine toes. Probably forever. So uh, even typically... though you have been present during every one that we have done so far, not all of you is still present during all of the episodes. Right, right. And I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I have a story brewing in the back of my mind about how that toe might have been cursed. <laughs> and that it needed to come off because, man, uh, my depression has completely taken a 180 in the last week or so since they chopped that sucker off. And that's really weird. Um, you would think that having a toe amputated would not improve your relationship with your depression. But as it turns out, welcome to Therapy with JD on another episode of We Watch Shutter. <laughs> I want to uh, try that. I will absolutely lose the toe. Next time you're really I don't depressed, ask your doctor if he'll just cut off one of your toes. I absolutely will. Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, you should probably stick specifically to the fourth toe on your right foot just for scientific consistency. Is that the one you beside know? the big toe or the little toe? Which direction? The one is the right fourth? before the pinky. The one, the, the okay. fourth toe. So the big toe is number one. An unimportant one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I could absolutely yeah. lose that one. I would also like to lose the pinky toe. I have weird pinky toes. Yeah. Um, I, so if I could lose that one and and make the depression stop, that would be great. There was too. a there was a slight possibility they were going to have to take both of them. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm I kind of like the idea of my foot now making like a weird like like horns gesture all on its own because it's missing a toe. <laughs> it's uh, like a two in oh, the pink, one in the stink. Both right. I toes. was just about to say it's <laughs> like a, it's like my foot is now a, a, a shocker. It's, 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 it's like a, That's with, shocking. Uh, with, uh, with uh, actually uh, three uh, in, it's a three in one rather than a two. Wow. In, anyway, wow. We, <laughs> this has gone completely off the rails. I promise. We watch movies and talk about them on this podcast, guys. We don't talk we about do. amputation and weird sexual things. I mean, we talk about those things, but usually in the context of horror movies and not our personal lives. Usually. I do like getting uh, medical advice from podcasters, though. So this is That good. reminds me, by the way, are you... A, I, I never... Uh, I don't remember. Did you want to see these creepy, gross photos of my foot all mangled to hell from the surgery? Obviously, I do. I'll have to hook you up with those. Anyway... Nice. Uh, Foot we got picks. a movie to talk I'll pay about you for today. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's how people make that living. Okay, so today they are feet picks. I mean, they are. There's there's some interesting feet picks, but holy shit! I anyway. did a whole foot. This is only ninety five percent of one. <laughs> you get a discount. For each the eighty percent actually of, oh, of, of okay. a foot. One less toe out of five. Anyway, yeah, but well, I, I just ruined everything with 20%. math. Michelle, please save us. Talk about the movie. What's the movie? We watched Spoonful of Sugar, which is Shudder's latest original film. It was just released today, a.k.a. March 2nd. So, you know, we watched it. And we're yeah, if this is it. the first time you're, you're checking out an episode, first of all, you're welcome for the mutilation discussion right up front. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we watch uh, original and exclusive releases from Shudder, uh, one of the premier genre streaming services in the world. This is the new one, Spoonful of Sugar, that we're talking about today. Uh, sometimes we will read the description of the movie from the Shutter website. Are we doing that today, Michelle? Yes, or not from the Shutter website. The right. Shutter website is very, 
very spoilery. Yeah, it's but got the some, one from some crucial spoilery things there. Good. But <laughs> guys, so we we went and investigated the IMDb page, and let me tell you, this is like they 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 went out of their way to be not spoilery with this description to the extent that you're gonna love it when you hear it. It's amazing, Michelle. Do you want to read it to the good folks? I I would love to read this. Okay, so this is this is the sugar. complete plot summary, <laughs> the introductory little tidbit to hook you on the movie from the IMDb profile page. Go ahead. <clears throat> Millicent is taking a semester off from her studies to take care of Johnny, a sickly mute child with severe allergies. His mother, Rebecca, is an author and his father, Jacob, is a carpenter. And that's it. <laughs> that's the whole description from the internet movie database. <laughs> they really, really didn't want to tell you anything at all about this movie, Spoonful of Sugar. Uh, directed by Mercedes Bryce Morgan, written by Leah St. Marie. I believe a feature debut for both of them. They've got some short work in their past and some other things, but uh, Michelle, you want to tell these folks your spoiler-free thoughts on the new Shutter release, Spoonful of Sugar? I will definitely try. This is one that I feel conflicted about, which I know I say a lot, but it's just hard for me when there are parts of a movie that I really like and parts of a movie that I don't really like. Um, this one has a little bit of each. There's one decision that was made in this movie that kept taking me out of the fantasy of it, um, but yet there's some stuff that's really good. Since I am having a hard time uh, figuring out how I feel about it, I'm just going to go right down the middle and go with a 2.5 2.5 skulls from michelle on spoonful of sugar um i agree with a lot of that but maybe even a little bit more uh this movie didn't work for me um i i understand what's going on here i i saw the themes that they were trying to work with uh but the script just doesn't work for me the way the the plot develops uh, I had no emotional connection here. I wasn't drawn in by any of the performances, unfortunately. Uh, I just there there are bits and pieces of it that are just um, I don't know. I, I I was never fully immersed in the story. Uh, things kind of happen without the right development, or they just come out of left field. It almost feels like a lot of uh, like oh, just what's a weird thing we can do now just to do a weird thing. Uh, and kind of layering things. Also, I'm not even entirely certain uh, what, if anything, the movie was trying to say about the themes that it was presenting. Maybe it wasn't trying to say anything or have any kind of a message, and that's fine. But I wasn't able to sort out whether it was or not, and if it was, what was it trying to say? There are a lot of really disparate elements in here. Some things where I'm just like, well, wait, who, like, who's, who's supposed to be my linchpin here? Who am I supposed to be rooting for? Or what's the arc I'm looking for? I just never got connected with it uh, in any way. This is like a, a there, there are a couple of things in it that I thought were interesting ideas, but this is like a skull and a half for me. Whoa, 1.5. So that actually is easy math. I, that gives us I, a two. I would like to point out, actually, and this is going to surprise the heck out of Michelle and everybody else probably, 
Uh, I actually watched this movie twice today. Uh, I watched it once right away this morning when I first got up, and I thought maybe I just was in a weird headspace uh, and maybe was a little distracted, so I decided I had some time. I'd go back and check it out again, and no, nah, it just, there's, there's, there were a couple of little things I missed the first time that I picked up on the second time, but nothing that uh, saved the movie for me. I actually did the same thing. <laughs> Awesome. I, I made it halfway through and then thought maybe I'm just not in the right headspace. And I also gave it a bit and went back and rewatched it and determined that I also still felt kind of meh about it. That's why some of these ones where you don't just outright hate or don't write outright love. And you're like, definitely some people are going to like this. It's just yeah. not that I'm one of them. It's it's those ones that are so difficult to come down on a rating with because I'm like, yeah, I, don't I mean, this, feel super strongly about this. This isn't a movie that did uh, things that I, I was like upset about. You know, it's, the movie didn't anger me in any way. I don't I don't have it in for this movie. It just didn't work for me at all. I agree. All right, guys. So that's our spoiler-free section. If you want to go see what what possibly could have inspired such a thoroughly meh, averaging out to a two out of five skull rating, a one and a half and a two and a half there from uh, me and Michelle, respectively, uh, without any deep spoilers other than uh, the kid is sick and mute, the mom is an author, and the dad is a carpenter, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you are going to want to hit... Uh, that pause button right about uh, meow. All right, did you come back? Did you never leave? Are you are you listening still? Gosh, I sure hope so. Uh, Michelle, why don't we go to that thing here now? Where uh, for those folks who are just listening for for our salient and entertaining commentary on these films, uh, why don't you run through a, a quick synopsis of of just generally what happens? in Spoonful of Sugar, and then we'll talk about why this really didn't work for me. Yeah, so there is a uh, woman slash girl, we will get into that, named Millicent, who decides to babysit a child. Um, The child is mute. I believe he is portrayed as having autism, but I don't think they ever really say that. He has a lot of allergies to the point where he wears... uh, a oh my god why did I forget astronaut I almost said an airplane man um an astronaut uh costume and helmet in order to go outside and be protected from the dangers of the world uh Millicent is messed up in the brain she does LSD she gives LSD to the kid they bond uh the kid's parents the author and the carpenter are bad people Millicent's not a good person the kid I mean he's young but he's also not a good person there's no good people in this movie and then at the end uh uh, the kid kills Millicent, and they're like, oh, it happened again. We're going to have to plant more trees. The end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that pretty much covers it. I think the crucial element uh, of, of what you talked about there in, in the, the progression of this plot uh, is that none of these characters are likable. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like the kid isn't even likable. He's the he's the no. least unlikable of them. But he's unlikable for the reason that, like, so you've got the the kid who is mute, uh, non communicative. He might be allergic to a bunch of things. He might not be. His mom might be a little overbearing. There's some suggestion back and forth about how severe this really is and what might actually be going on there. And if it is that bad, maybe should he be somewhere else? 
But it's very clear that his parents are having a terrible relationship. The husband is obviously screwing around on the wife, and she knows and just doesn't give a shit anymore. Screwing because he's a carpenter. Screwing. Right. You see what I did there? I'm real. <laughs> I'm I'm real clever. Uh, uh. But <laughs> uh, and uh, it becomes apparent that a lot of who he's screwing along the way are the babysitters, uh, and and then like, so like he's a jerk and she's a jerk. Uh, and then Millicent, uh, Millie, who, or maybe Emily, or maybe Mary Beth, or any one of a number of aliases she uses throughout the movie, like, she is a crazy person uh, who has been traumatized by years of, of sexual abuse in assorted foster situations, uh, and is now kind of psychotic and has actually left a trail of bodies we eventually uh, learn of all of these people who abused her as a child. Uh, but it's like then, like, the crazy, uh, driven, psychotic, LSD, drug-addled uh, nanny woman is the one who gets through to the boy. I guess maybe the point we were supposed to take from that was helping us uh, understand is like, oh, no, the boy is... a. Uh, is a broken person as well. He's clearly got no uh, well. He's almost like a Michael Myers type, right? Like no well-developed sense of human empathy or anything. He's incredibly violent. Turns out the kid has probably killed more than one babysitter uh, over the course of their lifetime, and they just keep burying him. And you know, they they just they keep layering more and more bad here, right? There's no foothold. Like there's nobody to root for. Uh, there's nobody to bond with that makes you worry about what the other people are going to do to them because I just didn't care about any of these people. The only person I remotely cared about for for a moment was the old fella Roger that uh, Millicent was clearly taking advantage of until they flip him on his head and he's clearly just been another foster parent or, or somebody who's just been waiting for his turn to fuck the girl anyway. You know, and like he becomes this creepy. Like everybody is bad. There's even nothing... the therapist. Yeah, she even reveals the like, oh, you're also a bad person. Literally, yeah. every single person who you're yeah. rooting for, and a, you and you even that... feel bad for Millicent, and then no, she's a bad person. <laughs> right. Yeah, and a lot of that also just kind of happens, right? It didn't feel like there was any sense of development it was just like oh we turned the corner and oh she was uh sexually abused by a number of foster dads and then we turn another corner and oh she killed them and then oh the boy is also actually a secret killer uh it, it eventually by the end when when there's that that moment after he kills uh millicent which i i wasn't so surprising uh but then they they get into that moment where it's like oh now we're burying the bodies uh, in the, burying the body in the backyard, and as it turns out, there's a whole bunch of bodies back there, and we may have to. And, and now they're just like, oh, we also cover up murders too, because well, you gotta love your. It just, there was just so many uh, disparate elements and so many things that seemed in conflict with each other. There was nothing here for me to latch on to uh, from an emotional standpoint. I didn't care about any one of these people or anything that happened to them. And that's a problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I have a short list of things that I had to talk about. One sure. thing, I loved the ending. That actually gave it a higher score for me because oh, really? I liked that the movie made a strong commitment to something and it said, yes, this whole family is bad people. That gives you the ability to actually root for whatever direction they're in. It's kind of like a devil's reject situation where everybody is bad. They're clearly not good people, but that's such a strong component that you at least have a storyline that you can latch on to and you can still be like okay I guess we're gonna watch these bad people be bad and do their thing and you know try not to get caught for killing all of these uh babysitters and I'm okay with them making that strong commitment to something and it was the most intriguing thing that happened for me was this very strong like oh the kid's not uh as you know, he doesn't have like as much mental illness as he is just a murderer. <laughs> Crazy yeah, he's just murderer. he's a he's a he's a child psychopath. He's a mm-hmm. he's a we need to talk about Kevin, right? He's a yes. he's, he's 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 Michael Myers. You know, it's that's that's clearly what they're driving at with this character, right? Yeah. Uh. Uh. Anyway, go ahead. There, there's one other thing oh. I do want to talk about, but I want to listen to the. It's always interesting to me when you make lists. <laughs> well, my other you make um, a lot of them. I I make so many lists. I like lists. <laughs> Keeps my life in order. Um, okay, the other thing, and this is gonna feel weird to state, but it is specific to this movie. Uh, the casting choice, Millicent. She was very old for this role. It was like a Riverdale situation. I went to her IMDb page. She is 28 or 29. I did not do the math. They say she just turned 18, but I am not saying that uh, the person who plays Millicent is old looking by any means. And that's why I feel weird saying that. She definitely didn't play 18. But she did not play 18. And it was such a distracting element that I thought that was going to be part of the story. And I was waiting for it because there is a huge difference between an 18 year old and a 28 year old. And I think her innocence that they tried to bestow upon her um, doesn't come across because it feels like she's a fraud living this life and tricking people the whole movie as opposed to if they had actually gotten someone who at least played 18 not necessarily you know is an 18 year old because there's a lot of heavy stuff in here but if they had gotten somebody who looked as innocent as they are being in this movie I think that would have been a bigger more important thing for because honestly that took me out a lot I kept thinking like it's going to be revealed that we've got like an orphan situation or something where this is you know or a hard candy kind of thing Um, I was expecting there to be a reveal to the point where when it didn't happen I was confused right like like oh it actually turns out she's like pushing 30 and she's just that's an extra level of her twist and that never Mm -hmm. happened yeah Yeah. And even with the way it's written, I'm not 100% sure that she's not supposed to be a person in their 20s. And that's how she's getting into all these foster homes. And like, yeah, now that I I, I think about that, because that idea hadn't occurred to me until you just brought it up. But the more I think about it, I think the only person who ever specifically refers to her as having just turned 18 is Roger, the guy who she eventually kills because he's a creep and has been waiting. Like, maybe he just is another person that she's convinced is mm-hmm. only that age. and they. But they also never address it outright, so there's no way to say for sure one way or the other. 
Exactly. When she starts saying that she's had all these different names, I started thinking like, okay, so is that the reveal? But it's just not a strong right. enough thing that they do. And I even thought like, okay, I could, I could get her being a college student. And then the description that we didn't read said that she was taking a semester off or something. So that implies I even, college. I don't even remember that being mentioned anywhere in the movie at all. Did I just Neither do I. that? And the line that I do remember, though, is Roger saying that he hasn't even seen a report card from her, which implies high school. Right. That's not something you get in college. So it's just it's such a thing that I feel bad latching on because there's this whole thing about, you know, women being too old in Hollywood. And I think that's a gross thing. But I do think that her not looking more 18. I mean, there's a big difference between 18 and late 20s. Well, and, and um and I, it I just it distracted me. I think that's also uh, sort of uh, indicative of a lot of issues with this movie. Like another thing, like the movie is oddly sexual in ways that make no sense, right? Like I I don't understand what they were trying. Like I get it. Okay, so the dad uh, is fooling around on the mom with a lot of the babysitters that the boy ends up killing, uh, and she is aware of it, and she just doesn't even care anymore because she's. Uh, psychotically obsessed with protecting her murder son uh, you know so it's uh, but it, it's just kind of there and they don't really it, d it never felt like they did anything with it right they they presented us with all of these elements but they never blended and gelled together to form a, a an engrossing story yeah, there were so many elements that I was intrigued by. There were too many intriguing elements and not enough strong commitments to any of them. I'm yeah. still, like you said, not sure was there a message. If there was a message, what was it? Was anybody supposed to be likable? Was I supposed to relate to anybody? But if I'm looking at it specifically as just like, a, you know, is this a fun, entertaining thing to watch? Then I'm on the, the fence of like, maybe, yeah, there's some interesting <laughs> things to see. But if you're watching it for the story, it really fell apart for me. And that's why it was so like, I don't know how to feel about this one. Because like yeah. I said, I like the ending. I like when you commit to just everybody's bad and we're just watching them be bad people. I like that. Um, but I could not tell who was supposed to be bad and was Millicent a fraud and is the boy. They don't make me feel any sort of empathy towards him. They don't give him anything for us to to relate to and be like, oh, this poor right. child, um, aside from, you know, showing us as parents are awful people. So, yeah, there's just a lot. And I, I wanted to like it. I hate disliking movies. I hate <laughs> hating movies I'm more than side, uh, the movie movies. itself. I promise I'm <laughs> on your side. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like it but also like you said this is a, a debut uh, for both the writer and director so I think sure. there's promise there they just oh sure yeah I just yeah. I needed the, more I'm so sorry <laughs> the other thing uh, that I want to talk about uh, just oh. briefly mm -hmm. um, obviously I can't speak for anyone else's experience right like I don't know I can't say for sure uh, how things affect other people, but uh, I've done a pretty decent amount of LSD in my life, <laughs> and I know a lot of people who have also done a pretty decent amount of LSD in my life, and this is not in any way. I have never once, I have taken 
a significant look. Uh, I, there's no point in me mentioning the actual dosages because, like, maybe one person listening is going to understand what that means in context. I have taken significant doses of LSD. I have never seen somebody's finger fall off their hand, crawl across the floor, up my leg, and into my mouth. <laughs> right? I have. I have never seen. Uh, a drawing of a rabbit jump off a piece of paper, fly around the room, and land on a different piece of paper. I have never seen weird monster creature faces show up in the diamond pattern on my shower curtain. Like, don't get me wrong, I have seen some shit, right? But it's all... I, I have to go back to one of the, the most impressive displays of, of illustrating this, how this really works, or at least in my experience, is uh, Ari Aster's Midsommar. Uh, the way they presented uh, the psycho psychedelic experience is uh, really, really accurate. Like, like things move and pulse and do things they shouldn't, but you don't just see random shit that's not there. It's all rooted in the actual input that your body is receiving through your senses just filtered through the drugs and that really disconnected me from this in a lot of ways as well uh for also uh for the uh so she's microdosing, right you're not going to experience even mild hallucinations on a microdose. also you would never be able to microdose that regularly consistently your tolerance to lsd builds up incredibly quickly uh on an exponential rate and even if she kept taking more and more of it, eventually it would work less and less and less. You have to eventually stop and let your system clean out completely. And the fact that I know those things was a real problem for me with this movie. It was a very unrealistic, I feel, portrayal of the LSD experience. And if microdosing doesn't work for you, you can always cut off a toe. Right, right. <laughs> um, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because until I read in the description that this was supposed to be LSD, uh, for a significant amount of this movie, I thought she was just having hallucinations and that the whatever she was taking just exacerbated it. But I completely agree. I have never done LSD. I am not a I don't like drugs. I am a scary person in my brain to begin with. I don't need to oh, sure. add to it. Um, personal thing, obviously, if you do drugs. I'm indifferent to you doing that. I just, I can't be trapped in my own head like that. So well, it even can, it me. It can be intense. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to. That's, uh, that's terrifying to me. Um, But the, uh, like, even I know LSD because I've talked to you about mm. Midsommar, for example. I've talked yeah. to friends of mine about their experiences. I'm fascinated from like a bystander person perspective and I'm like that is not LSD and the fact that she's giving it to the kid and then he's having hallucinations is like what no that's not even I know that's not how that works yeah. <laughs> if that's what the f I thought it was just an unnamed drug for a long time and then finding out that's supposed to be LSD just <laughs> and she, she even <laughs> calls it lysergic acid by name or in the that initial interview with the mother uh, when they're mm -hmm. sitting there at the kitchen table. Also something that I noticed because I did go back and watch it a second time. Uh, there are a couple of little foreshadowing moments. Like when uh, uh, when Millicent first meets the father. Uh, he says something to the... like she, He says, like, what are you trying to rob me or something? Uh, and then he says, all of, my, uh, every, or, like, all of my valuables are buried in the backyard. Uh. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was... Ah, uh, that's kind of... But, like if you weren't looking for it you would never because 
they don't build to that, right? It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by the time it happens, like I've completely forgotten about that line. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, it, it just, uh, uh, I, I think it could have used a little bit more script development, maybe picking a couple of the things that they were doing, pulling some of the other things out, streamlining and really developing those ideas into more of an arc and more of a flow of story, uh, rather than just, uh, it did ultimately end up feeling like, uh, we're just trying to tell uh, a creepy story that keeps turning in on itself, and then by the end of it, you don't like, oh, everybody's monsters. Ah, roll credits. Yeah, that's actually, like I said, where if I'm just watching this as an entertaining thing and giving zero context to each scene as I am watching it, it's still not great for me, but it's fine if that's all that they were doing. There's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't enjoy from that perspective either. So <laughs> sure, it's kind of all over the place for me. <laughs> all right. So I think uh, we beat that dead horse plenty here. That's our thoughts on uh, on Spoonful of Sugar on Shudder. You know, I mean, definitely check it out uh, if you have time. We're, I mean, you know, we're just people with opinions. You might disagree. I believe as of right now, it does have an aggregate four skull rating uh, on Shudder uh, so far for the the ratings from the day. Uh, so clearly, people are enjoying it a bit more than we did. Uh, mm. But oh, I wonder if uh, if what's his name left a review? <laughs> nope, he's not on here. Oh, I'm. Uh, what was uh, his fashion. name? Fashion. You're disappointing me, Fashioned. You're not on this list anywhere. I was really because hoping Because Skin and Rank came there. out. He's good now. <laughs> right, he's done. He was he's done. not on any other movies. <laughs> so uh, what do we got coming up next week, Michelle? Uh, next week we have Dearest Sister, which is an older exclusive because there is not a new Shutter film. Right. Uh, so we're going to watch Dearest Sister. And then we got Leave coming out after that. That's a new film. And we got Wrestling that same week. So that's going to yeah. be a busy day. Dearest Sister, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that movie is from Laos. I have not looked. I believe it's Laotian. Let's find I out. You. Dearest Sister. Uh, it's in a language called Lao. That's Laotian, isn't it? It's got to be. so. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, Lao. Yeah. It's Lao from, capital. It's from, uh, from Laos. Uh, this is such Laos. an exciting bit. Uh, yeah, it is from Laos, Estonia, and France, apparently. Oh, what wow. What an exciting tidbit for our listeners. It's on IMDb. Right. And then uh, the week after that, we have a new uh, original and or exclusive release uh, called... Um, uh Called Leave. Yeah, just leave. Just leave. Get out. Not to be confused with get out. <laughs> it's just leave. Or leave. the bye-bye man. Different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the week after that, we have another archive title. Uh, we're Sa- going to do... Sado- Sadoko versus Sadako Kayoko. versus Kayako. Okay. Uh, so I think it's the girl from the ring versus the girl from the grudge. It's also, <laughs> I believe, directed by the fellow who did Noroi the Curse. Uh, <gasps> My favorite movie. J.D. So <laughs> loves Noroi. I highly <laughs> recommend checking that, out that Spooktober uh, episode. That could be an interesting <laughs> week. And then wrapping up the month with another original and or exclusive that is called, Michelle... The Unheard. The Unheard. Side note, by the way, you can keep up to date 
on that full schedule of what we have coming up for our episode releases this month at our website, wewatchshutter.com. You can also check us out on various social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at We Watch Shutter. Uh, we've got uh, information up on those places as well. Michelle, one thing I will point out about uh, Spoonful of Sugar, some quality squelching in this one. Oh, uh, some I didn't real... watch it with subtitles. Oh, when that, that very first shot when uh, the yeah. dude's finger hits the floor and starts crawling across the floor, just a severed yep. finger crawling, just squelching. Yeah, oh, there's there's some I good will, squelches in this one. I'll go back and grab them for sure because uh, right we have to add them to the squelch files. The squelch um, files. Which is on our, our website where I am just collecting squelches. Michelle um, is on I a mission to collect every use of the word squelch and every variation of the word squelch. Yep. in a subtitle in any movie ever made. We yep. currently have something like 600 images. <laughs> uh, like 480 on the website currently. I'm trying to pace putting more <laughs> oh, out on pardon there. Pardon me. So. <laughs> Only 480 on the website. Yeah, it was a very busy month. Um, I'm a crazy <laughs> person where I'm just sitting there doing that. I went to my husband's family's place for the Super Bowl and everybody's enjoying the Super Bowl and I'm sitting there on my laptop with a show or a movie muted just waiting for the squelch to happen so I can screenshot and save it and go to the next one and <laughs> everybody's just looking at my screen like what are you doing? I'm collecting squelches. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Also, uh, we do have a plan in place. Hopefully, uh, sometime soon, uh, we are going to be uh, trying to record and drop a special bonus episode uh, featuring uh, Eric Morrison, the promoter and owner and, and uh, general uh, man behind the madness at Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. Uh, we've got a special movie selected that we're going to watch. Uh, kind of step outside our, our do another our, our we don't watch Shutter kind of thing. Uh, you know, sort of step outside the box a little bit. I'm not going to tell you anything more about it than that. I, we do intend to get it recorded and dropped before uh, our next live appearance at Time Bomb Pro Wrestling here to stay here in Fargo on March 16th, two weeks from today. That's 316. As Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. That's a good day for a wrestling show is all I'm trying to say, guys. Day. If you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area, tickets are still available uh, online. Uh, just find uh, you just Google Time Bomb Pro and and you'll get there. Uh, I think there's a couple of VIP tables. There's some general admission seats. Ringside seats are sold the fuck out. You missed your opportunity. They got some cool meet and greet stuff going on there. Make sure you check all that stuff out. Yeah, and you can come hang out with us. Um, like we yeah. hung out and just sat at somebody's table last time because yeah. they were there by themselves for a little bit, and we went. Do you want to hang out with some horror podcast hosts right. for a little right. bit? This people, show. We we're, we're people who knows people, and we get to do cool things sometimes. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Uh, all I will say about that upcoming episode is that I scrambled to watch this movie and then uh, read the book <laughs> very quickly, um, and, then and my I, life fell apart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I devoted so much time and then I was like, okay, I'm ready. I have also yeah. argued with one of my friends about the book. I am so amped because it was a very, very heated argument about the book versus oh, the movie. I'm yeah, ready. We, uh, <laughs> we intended to try and record that special episode a couple of weeks ago. And then, like I said, they cut one of my toes off and I spent a week <laughs> in the hospital. And Not a good enough oh, excuse. I had to here. read a whole book in two Nobody days. Nobody made you read a book, Michelle. But I had to. All I needed, the movie all I asked you to do was book. watch the movie. You did that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, so. I can't half-ass anything. Look at the squelch <laughs> files. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think people have probably some some of the more clever amongst you are putting it together. Oh, it's a a movie. Uh, and then it's based on a book, and it's something they're doing with the, with the wrestling guy. You can probably sort this out, but that's all you're going to get. Uh, make mm-hmm. sure you keep an ear peeled for that. It'll be coming out when it comes out. Uh, when? I don't know, guys. I don't know. You I know what I do know? The movie is available for streaming at home now, so there's a better chance that we will be watching it soon. Yeah, but I think it's just on video on demand. And then okay. it's like $20. That's like the exact same money I paid to watch it the first time. <laughs> yeah, well, I've said grumble, grumble. Then I'll you can own it. Up, yeah, I'll probably end up <laughs> doing it that way just to get it out of the way. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, obviously, for tuning in to another episode of We Watch Shudder. Uh, if you are a horror and horror-adjacent movie fan of any kind, what are you doing? It's $6 a month. Subscribe to Shudder. They don't pay us anything. We pay our 6 bucks a month each just like everybody else does. We just love it. Think about that. $6 a month. They're releasing anywhere from three to five brand new movies plus a ton of archive titles every month. If you find even one movie in your month that you really enjoyed and was worth watching, you've gotten more than your $6 out of it. And they have literally hundreds of movies. Make sure you check it out. Yep. And hopefully someday they will reach out to us and say, hey, we're going to not charge you the $6 per month because you're making us so much money uh, by having people subscribe. (laughs) I've had more people tell me that they got a Shutter membership than I think listened to this podcast. So more people have gone (laughs) to watch Shutter than regularly listen to us, but they've told me it's because of us. So yay. (laughs) I will take it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll be back sometime soon. Say goodnight, Michelle. Goodnight, Michelle.